0: And we are live. Welcome to the Ready Row USA, a live stream and podcast connecting the rowing community. We are in our 97th episode. So we're going to be celebrating the 100th here in this early December, um, right around the U.S. Rowing Convention. This is Charlotte Pierce. I'm the producer. And at Ready Row USA, we believe that collaboration is the new competition and that rowing changes lives. We're on a mission to connect and collaborate with the rowing community from boathouses to masters, beginners, legends, vendors, and you. Our audience gets personal attention to their questions, comments, and episode suggestions. We always love those. And our sponsors and partners receive value that far exceeds their investment. We just make sure of that. So if you're considering a sponsorship, thank you. And you will will get uh, way more than you. shell out shall we say uh we love rowing we love talking about rowing advocating for inclusion and diversity in the sport and hanging out with rowers like our guest today linda Murie. And uh, hi linda we'll get we'll get to your fabulous resume in a second but uh, we would like to uh, acknowledge the people who are listening uh and watching live i hope there are some of you and you'll you'll um Pop in some questions. So we love the 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 immediate um, the questions that we get during the live streams, and you can join the conversation on one of our past episodes. Since two thousand eighteen, we've, as I said, we've done ninety seven episodes and counting. And if you could do one thing after you listen to Linda's wonderful story about her work on the movie uh, Heart of Champions. Uh, please subscribe on one of our social media channels or YouTube channel. And that really makes a difference in uh, getting the podcast and live stream uh, out, getting word out about it. All right, and we would like to now uh, acknowledge our new sponsor, Sykes Rowing, Sykes USA. I bought one of their boats and they returned the favor by, Becoming a sponsor, we're really excited about it. It's an affordable boat. I can't tell the difference between the more expensive ones, but I really love it. It did, um, I I fancied that it gave me some free speed, but if you are interested in these boats, uh, contact Fabio Selvig at um, SykesUSA.com. And they have joined our, our uh, Customer Service Hall of Fame along with Burnham Boat and Concept2 and Nielsen Kellerman and a few others, uh, Faster Masters has just joined us. And we're going to be putting up a page of the Customer Service Hall of Fame here at a, yeah, when we catch our breath from the head of the Charles, I guess. Here's Peter Kerman, of Burnham boat. He's a fabulous guy. He loves to talk about rowing and he loves to actually, you know, I, I was blown away by the customer service that Peter and his staff provided. So you can't go wrong with them. Um, Now, I would like to get to our exciting topic, Linda, Linda Murie is with us, she is, uh, our title of our episode is Linda Goes to Hollywood-ish, and she's a director of, um, she runs rocket science rowing and has a resume that's got about a mile long, but uh, Linda, how are you doing, and did you survive the head of the Charles? I'm I'm doing great, Charlotte. Thanks. Thanks for asking. And
1: I did survive the head of the Charles. It it was really great to, to see so many people to catch up. Uh, even though we didn't see each other, which is I know like
0: over three days, right? It's amazing. Like you you go through that crowd and everybody looks familiar. Do <laughs> but you you might not know their names or you might spot somebody that you do know their name, but um but tell us a little, you know, we talked in 2019 and you had just, I think, just wrapped up uh, your consulting on this movie, which was then called Swing. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. It, that's the timing exactly. We finished mm-hmm.
1: just before Thanksgiving, so the end of November of 2019. And and it was called Swing. Um, yeah. And that, that was the working title. But when it went out for distribution, it is it is a prerogative of the distribu- distribution company to change the name. And I think they felt like Swing was great for rowing. And, you know, as rowers, we kind of have an idea what that means. But looking at a broader audience, that was not going to, probably not going to fly, not going to resonate with people who didn't know anything about rowing.
0: Yeah. So it's like, do. you know, is it a movie about, you know, couples that are <laughs> changing partners? Yeah. Or- <laughs> Right, or, <laughs> but um, but tell us, like, could you just uh, tell us a little synopsis of the plot and when when it's opening, and and then how you got involved and what you actually had to do? Did you have to make these actors into rowers? I mean, were they good? You know? Sure. <laughs> questions, well, questions like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it's opening October twenty ninth this Friday, uh, yep. in major rowing cities. I know it's opening in Boston and Philadelphia, I think Seattle, a few other places. And it's just now starting to show up if you're like Fandango or something like that. If you're looking for tickets, you can just start to find it. It's playing at the Night theater in Hanover, New Hampshire, which I'm really quite pleased about. Um, it's a it's a coming of age story, which runs kind of parallel with the with the rowing story. It's about a rowing team in college at a at, a, at an Ivy League college. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a, kind of a disastrous performance at the national championship in one year. And then you follow the team for their, a lot of the guys, it's their, there's a men's team, their senior year in college. And a new coach comes in and he's portrayed by Michael Shannon. He's a Vietnam that's veteran. Good. The guy uh, that's on the
0: screen is- on the left there, if you're watching, is it? That- the coach. Yep, that's, yeah that's the coach right there
1: coach Murphy yeah. in the, the the light gray light blue jacket and he's yeah. uh is this is a stern moment with the team right here
0: looks like they're yeah. listening pretty hard or they're, they're a little bit crushed by what he's saying maybe i't do
1: they are he, he came <laughs> in, he was, he was meant to stir things up a little bit and uh yeah. he's uh he's a uh, outside the box kind of guy and uh-huh. probably has his own demons and ghosts and that shaped a lot of who his character was, uh, and then there's there's a, a love story, human interest component that that runs parallel to the to the whole rowing season. But there's quite a bit of rowing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about rowing, and the, yeah. the final final part it takes you through the the championship race the following year.
0: Uh, and so so something tells me there might be a happy ending. Or are you allowed to say that? You know, we filmed a number of endings and <gasps> really? i really they used <laughs> and you I don't know which one they used. It.
1: Yep. Yep. I I got a sneak preview of parts of the film but
0: um yeah.
1: Yeah. I did not I was on purpose did not watch the ending so that I wouldn't I wouldn't oh, know now is- but it was pretty neat when we were filming that like okay,
0: here's this ending, here's this ending and I love it. I love it. That's yeah, that's good. Um so we have some pictures of, of uh, you know, if you're if you're watching on the on the live stream, we have a picture of the the act those the actors there on the left at, at, on the that's dock
1: on the dock. That's a couple of the actors. Um, okay. There's a the, there's young man bending over with a white cap. And there's another guy mm-hmm. with his back to us, and those are uh, LSU rowers who are helping us out. They have a club team, and and they were invaluable to us. And then standing up in the dark shirt is Charles Melton, Who's one of the stars of the movie, and then uh, Devin Woodson is standing in the unisuit, sort of the furthest guy from the camera. And this was my chance to teach Charles how to row because he came to us not really knowing much rowing. He had a couple of lessons, and wow. he missed a lot of the rowing camp that I did the uh, before the movie filming actually started. Okay, yeah. And then the the other the other picture, the other half of that. Is me in the in the motorboat that I used for coaching, but this is also this is during filming because I can see the the uh, the camera boat, one of the camera boats.
0: Oh, on the right there, yeah. And, and if if people are listening on the audio, I just wanted to mention that we'll put these images in the show notes. You'll have a link to them so you can see what the, the behind the scenes of Linda and the, on the movie set. So I did most of, I spent most
1: of the time for the filming in this same launch that we've got right here when we were on the water. And I did a lot of um, directing. I helped the crews when we had six lanes, we had a six lane buoyed course set up. And for filming any of the the race scenes, I would be behind them. I had a, I had a radio, all of the coxswains had, had mm-hmm. little headsets, which seemed, you know, pretty normal. And mm-hmm. that way I could make sure that you know the boat that was representing Columbia did the right thing in this scene, and uh, the boat, the Belston is the the name of Bel- Belston University is the name of our our protagonist uh, institution, and make yeah. sure that everything played out so that when we filmed it, and there's a lot of takes and that sort of thing, that it would look
0: the same and it would it would yeah. flow, and they could piece things together. And when I the, when I titled this episode, I said Linda goes to Hollywood because. You went to LA, but it was Louisiana LA, not yes, yes. Every (laughs)
1: time I typed LA, people are like,
0: oh, I'm gonna come to India. I'm like, you know, not that LA. (laughs) So exciting. So so and these so these guys, I mean, did they turn out to be good rowers or would were there body doubles on some of the scenes? Or well we spent
1: the we spent the first week or so in uh rowing camp and uh, uh V, who Voyen, uh, who wrote the the screenplay, uh, was a rower at Columbia. And so he knew how collegiate rowing, Division One rowing worked. And his idea was to get the actors to bond like I rowers see. on a team do by going through sort of the semi-traumatic type two fun that's, that's spring break or winter training camp when you're rowing twice a day. So before filming started, we met up with almost all of the the actors who would be in the film to make sure either the ones who, well, to make sure that they could row and to take them through, but he really was stressing this bonding effort that happens this this thing when you're, when you're on spring break and you're practicing twice a day. So we practiced twice a day, but most of the actors, the lead actors did not know how to row and, I can say didn't really have as many lessons as maybe they, they thought they should have one actor came in really great. He'd had a lot of lessons, took it, took it very seriously. Mm -hmm. And the rest, like, you know, Charles was filming something else. So he couldn't be there. Charles Melton couldn't be there for all Mm -hmm. of it. Some of them had other obligations. Again, this was before the movie started so I could do whatever I wanted to in terms of make them carry the boat, carry oars. We did the two a day practices. Cool.
0: Yeah
1: uh, it wasn't it wasn't grueling. You know, most of it was really just teaching them. But there were mm-hmm. a few rowers. There were there were a few guys, four guys that I was working with who had rowing experience either in college or high school. Mm-hmm. One, I, I worked with at, a, at Bill Miller's rowing camp Northeast way back in the day. Another one rode for Trinity. Another one had rode at Orange Coast, and another one rode on the Australian Junior Team. So we had some very high
0: level down to zero rowing experience. The- <laughs> well, they all look pretty fit. I mean, that we're must have been a very, requirement.
1: <laughs> they were all very fit. They are all very. They they actually were spending time working out during our our training camp because right. we weren't doing very much work, even though we're out on the water for an hour and a half a couple of times a day.
0: Yeah, and then did you, uh, like, would you, like, film for an hour or a half hour and then stop and look at the footage, or wh- how did that work? Well, during during our training camp, we would look at video like you would
1: at a, at a normal training camp, but for filming the movie, we had very limited days. They did this whole thing in about 40 days, which is insane, and we would start filming as soon as there was enough daylight, and then mm-hmm. we would finish before we ran out of daylight. So it was when we were on the water filming, once production started, it was full days, we would be there at 530 in the morning, and we would be packing up around six and then go get dinner. And you started over again, you did that, you know, five days in a row until it was time for a break in the schedule. And then if you're an actor that had other scenes, you were probably acting on some of the days that we were off from rowing, it was it was it was pretty grueling. I was surprised yeah. that part really surprised me. I had no idea, you know, to the extent of that.
0: Um and did, so it all done in Los in uh Los Angeles, um Louisiana, is that right? And
1: yes. Was, yes,
0: no, no traveling around or no, nope,
1: no, we yeah. did it all there. Uh there were three three different venues. The the one where uh well actually a fourth one we did use the little pond at at LSU. I did I worked with um Charles there. And I worked with Mike, mm-hmm. Michael Shannon on that, that pond. Mm-hmm. We did the training on uh lost river and then anything that we did indoors and in the t- rowing tank was at a sound studio near, um, near Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. And then we used a, a small, I don't know if it was a state park or something like that, but a facility that had some water and through a movie magic, made it look like that's where their boathouse was and and that they could row a great distance. But that was most of the rowing. If it was distance, we filmed it out on the, out on Lost River instead. So we sort wow. of yeah in those few places. And I think you had a picture of, of the indoors with a, a little, maybe, I don't know if the green screen was up. Oh yeah. That's
0: a little mm-hmm. bit, that's the previous one. Yeah. Previous um, one yeah. So uh, so what, again, was, what was filmed in the front of the green
1: screen? Ah, so that's where we did a lot of, of anything that had audio, any, any, uh, any, any time that people are speaking. Cause you know,
0: if you're, if you've ever had a coach oh, film, right, 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 all you hear is yeah. I've engine. tried to do episodes, clips of, for the podcast out on the water and it's just crazy. You know, it's right. not, not happening. Oh. So yeah,
1: this is, this was a, a giant pool. And it was big enough for an eight and a coach boat, a launch Uh and a single. And I'm actually standing in the water in this picture here for anybody who can zoom it up. Yeah. Oh, you're in the water. But I'm only standing about an inch of water because there are platforms underneath. So you could get people out to the boat and get them in. And then they would get moved around, so then they could row. So you'd yeah. have to move the platforms out of the way. So you see a lot of the the yeah. grips and the water doing things like that. And then the green screen, they went out and they did took a lot of plates, a lot of pictures of the river where we were rowing that that Lost River. And then they would, you know, this is more movie magic that happens after I was there. This is post production, you know, post our pro- sort of in production. Yeah. and they put that on so even when you're filming a green screen all you see is the green they're not projecting something up there while you're you're doing it and there's there's little yeah. marks they put they put pieces of tape or marks on the on the screen yeah. so you knew where to look like the coach is there so you have to focus on
0: on something like that um, did it all go pretty well with that or did like i mean I guess we have, professional actors so
1: yeah they yeah. were great about that they all knew yeah. how to how to do that. Uh, it was a little, you know, getting, getting, we did have doubles and we did have people representing other crews. There's a, there's a couple of scenes where there's a a Harvard crew that's involved Mm -hmm. and some of them had to come back down for some of the filming of their lines. And it took them a little bit longer. They weren't used to that and how to, how to make it sound like they were in the middle of a race or that, you know, make it look like they're rowing in the middle of the race when, the water is just still water. Um, it, it wasn't flowing like in a, in a rowing tank that anybody might train in if you've had that opportunity.
0: Yeah. Got it. So, um, so it opens Friday, but how did you, um, Oh, how did you, I mean, you have this rocket science rowing where you advise and consult and travel and coach and is it all rolled into rocket science rowing or did you, is that how you, um, how did you contact or how did you get involved in it? I, I, I sort of stumbled into it a little bit. Uh,
1: Chris Groot, who is a friend of mine, he's at PNRA, he's the executive director there, and he's also a referee. And I was, that summer, I was at trials. Uh, it was, so it was in 2019. And I had a, a crew, lightweight men's double, Nick Trojan and Andrew Campbell, And Mm -hmm. they had trials in the summer and I'm chatting with Chris and he's telling me about this project that he's going to be working on, but then funding and timing and things, and it just kept Mm -hmm. getting pushed out and pushed out. And eventually it got pushed out into the fall when Chris was going to be coaching, or at least there were things happening at Mercer that they just weren't going to be able to give the lake up for four or five weeks. And then they were able to get, you know, different states have different rules and Louisiana had an attractive package for filming, you know, rebate. I don't know some, sort Oh yeah. Of filming, right? the, How that the works tax breaks. Yeah. Right. And so it moved out and then Chris wasn't going to be able to do it. And so he called me and asked if I would be interested. And then mm-hmm. he spoke to the, the movie folks that he'd been talking to and set up a couple of phone interviews. You know, like this is, this is pre-pandemic, pre pandemic, pre, pre zoom, pre real zoom. So we're just like, regular phone calls and trying to figure out is this going to work and they so, wanted to film like during the head of the Charles but then I said you're not going to be able to find any athletes to help you and there's nowhere no equipment and so they pushed it out to I left I think I left either Tuesday or Wednesday following the head of the Charles two years ago so two years right. ago, right
0: and when we talked you it was about it was coming up on release wasn't it for, we, were, we and we then the pandemic and, happened.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. We spoke in December and we were still pre-pandemic and the the goal was to have things, you know, all the green screen stuff and all of that done and get it released mm-hmm. uh in time to go to to uh one of the film festivals like in Toronto or something in August. Right. And then have a release sometime in the fall.
0: And then yeah, pandemic then so it just happened. Yeah but are you optimistic or are they optimistic about the release now is it is it pretty oh it's for sure it's yeah, for sure. i mean it's, i know it's for sure but it just yeah. you know they, are... they
1: they got everything done they got they yeah. got all of it and even along the way you know they had things took longer but you know they were they recorded sounds yeah. of boats and oars that they could they could lay into it yeah. um the sound of a, a rowing machine an ergometer so that they could put that into the sound. Cause you didn't want to, they didn't want again, you can't film over the sound of NERG
0: yeah, and, and all of,
1: all of that. And so every once in a while i get a call or a text or an email from, from them, Linda, what do you think about this? How do we, how do we do this? Because the whole thing, Charlotte, I was only supposed to be there for a week to run the rowing camp.
0: And oh, is that right? That's how it started. Yeah,
1: that's how it started. <laughs> and then while I was there, yeah. And you know, they're showing me this boat that they're going to use, and the film takes place in 1999. <laughs> I'm like, that's a 2017 carbon fiber, everything. It <sighs> just won't fly for for that, and some of the other things. And they got through, and I just one of the, even though again the the writer V had you know had this background mm-hmm. in in rowing, he wasn't around all the time, and couldn't be in every place at one time, even when he was yeah. there.
0: And so so they sort of relied on you for that expertise. And yeah, my producer
1: Daniel said we actually don't know as much about rowing as we thought we did. And (laughs) you stay for a couple of weeks, and then a couple of weeks became that whole five week.
0: But nobody called it a canoe or a kayak, did they? No, they didn't. (laughs) We we
1: managed to skip that. Maybe maybe some of catering did, or or yeah, right, right. None of the none all the all the people involved in rowing and filming were really really good about it.
0: Listen, we have some questions and I know you have some from your friend or, you know, your contacts, but, Mm -hmm. um, Oh yeah. Beth Knoll, who's the, uh, she's (laughs) with the para rowing foundation and is the, I think, believe the head coach at, um, for para at community rowing. I think so. Uh, Hi Beth. (laughs) Hi Beth. And she's remarking how interesting it is to hear how the magic is made. And it really is. I mean, you know, you go see a movie and you don't know all this stuff that goes behind it. You know? I, I can't um, look
1: at, I can't look at a movie or even the same, the same way. I'm like, oh, I know they must've had five cameras and they had to do that <laughs> so many times. And when someone just walks by a camera and there's someone in the background, you've got to make sure it's exactly the same. It's crazy. It was crazy. Exactly. Yeah. And then,
0: the, yeah, and the, Lily was saying, uh, Bill Miller. Now, what was his role? Um, uh, Bill,
1: oh, he was it was just because one of the one of the actors had gone to Northeast oh, okay. and was sitting there at one point. Yeah. and Spencer said to me, So did you ever coach at Northeast? And I said I did, and it turns out I was his coach while we were there. So that was the only oh, sweet. very yeah. minor Bill that's, Miller connection.
0: That's so cool. Yeah. Well, we do have quite a few people watching, and um I think your your account is really uh, exciting you know it's just gives you the back behind the scenes but did you have some questions from your your contacts or? uh the,
1: the question that I had was did the did the actors have to actually learn how to row and mm-hmm. they did um that was that was my goal was to be able to get them to row all eight in a week and have it look credible everything was for me was having it look credible so that when uh-huh. rowers looked at it, it would look okay. And we, fortunately, yeah. we did have doubles for a lot of the people, so that that helped with some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. But but there's definitely scenes at the start where you see them all pulling on an oar, or they're rowing in the tanks, and they still had to know what they were doing. So sure. yeah. I'm not sure that they could go out in singles. Um, and but if I had another week or so, yeah. I think I think they would have done really well.
0: Well, hopefully, I mean, we're all about you know a lot of us are. Interested in growing the sport and promoting rowing, and I hope it does that. You know, I hope this is successful and it, you know, gets more awareness out there. It the rowing should look better than than
1: mm-hmm. a lot of the films that are already out there. I would yeah. I would say.
0: Well, anything else to to um, to say about the the experience, or you know, would you do it again? Um, oh, I'd absolutely do it again. It yeah. Would-
1: I, yeah. They did say it was a very special group to, to get to work with. But um, if you go, there's that photo you've got of the, the cameras where you can see the screen as they're filming. I had, I had really full access to, to everybody who was working on the film, you know, that I could go up to the director
0: yeah, like, cool.
1: and and say something to him and they would let me like, here, this is a picture that I took, you know, I'm, I'm leaning in and I'm watching. I can see what, what they're filming as they mm-hmm. did, and you know, if someone took a whiff stroke in the tanks, I could say to Ed, "We've got to do that one again because that's just not going to look. That's just not going to look right." So that was pretty remarkable um, to to do that. A couple of the a couple of the um, the assist, assistant directors they referred to me as coach all the time. <laughs> that's all they ever called me, and they're like, "No, we can't start this, coach." Line them up so that they're in order so they go in the in the right place.
0: It, yeah, you don't part. want one scene with the one order and another scene with another order, right?
1: Yep. And then keeping yeah. track, you know, so there were times where there's always someone who's keeping track of the script, but I got to keep track of which scene it was, what time mm-hmm. of year, what the lineup was in the boat at that time, because the boat lineup changes, if you notice from the first race through mm-hmm. the middle of the season through the final race at the championships. There's there are a number of different lineups. Different riggings. We had porch stroke. We had starboard stroke. And so, you know, again, keeping those things, things straight. Yeah. Costuming. They had to make sure they had the right outfit on for, you know, the right race, you know, they're wearing the right thing for this race or that practice. And there's just a lot that goes into it. But I would absolutely do it again. And you know, there's a couple of films that are sounds like they're in the works
0: and I'm ready. I'm ready to jump right in and help you. Keep us posted. I mean, this is just like and we, we cover a lot of different topics in, in the podcast, but it's, you know, this is something new and different kind of, you know, and I think uh, we're going to be doing a book uh, 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 episode about rowing books in the winter when mm-hmm. when people are uh, getting off their ergs and reading book, books about rowing. So that'll there's, be one. Yeah, that'll be good. There's one one YouTube video
1: that is, is a behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And that, I think. If anybody watches that, at least in the first 10 minutes or so, the actors behind the scenes is a real thing. All these movies have that generated while they're going. And so there's a lot of stills and photos being taken. I have some I have photos of me with a cast and this sort of thing. But this video is about 15 minutes long. Some of it is kind of promotional. The actors are talking Uh about the film. But there's about five or six minutes in the middle of it where all of the actors are being interviewed about being at rowing camp. What does rowing camp mean to you? And that's that's one of my favorite favorite things is to look at
0: that and so I, just uh searching YouTube for uh, heart of a heart of champions. Is-
1: yeah, it's it should be searchable. Jake Jalvin yeah.
0: is the one who did it. And
1: okay. i tell sure. you what, I'll put
0: it, i put the link in the uh show notes. So right. everything else and anything else you want to add to the show notes, I'm happy to do that too. Okay. So. Yeah, I think think that's about it, but it's great to see a lot of the,
1: a lot of the athletes who filled in the different boats were from Riverside Boat Club. We had a lot from Michigan, from the men's program there, Uh, a few LSU did a lot and then uh, some pockets of, of rowers, but we had, we had 54, at least 54 rowers that were helping in addition to all of the actors. It was an enormous project, but wow
0: one. So I am, I'm super excited for this weekend. Yeah. And then you'll know, finally know how it ends. I'll know how it ends. <laughs> all right. Well, let me close out here. If you want to stay on and answer any more questions, you're welcome to do that. Or you, you, you might have, you might want to. If there's questions, I'm happy to answer them. Okay. The only other question I had was
1: my coxswain from this weekend asking me who, who my favorite coxswain was of all time.
0: So, yeah, who would that be, uh, who, would Linda? That, who would that be? Would that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I Coxon has worked their worth their weight in gold, you know, as I've, as you s- s- see when you watch the head of the Charles. <laughs> right. That's right. We were, we were very happy yeah. to have Amanda taking this. Indeed. Well, listen, we are about at the end of this session and uh, we will be next, our next, um, next episode will be a preview of the U.S. Rowing Convention with uh, Samantha uh, and uh, Sarah from the office there. And we'll preview all the great um, the programming that they have coming up at the U.S. Rowing Convention. And then we'll be doing our 100th episode in early December, probably with Jim Dietz and Mark Wilson and a bunch of those folks. But... Um, Pierce Press is my company. I' publishing a new book, or this this is the Who's Hiding in This Book is the most recent children's book we've done. We have a new uh, new edition, a new um, book in the series of the mystical, magical, abracadabra,cl Daniel McDougall McDouglas McFly, and I won't make you say that five times, Linda. But, not even once <laughs> not even once it took me a while it took me a couple of years to get that down but um and we also please visit our new website readyrowusa.com and send us your rowing news about your club we love to do club spotlights doesn't matter how small your club is or how big it is or if it's a waterside club or uh, has a posh boathouse we we want to just kind of illuminate what you're doing and and um Visit you all around the country at the rowing clubs. We're r- running a gadgets and gear episode in November. So, what's your favorite gadget, Linda? Rowing gadget.
1: My uh my rigger jigger, my ten thirteen wrench. Oh, the wrench. Yes, that's a good one. Although although it's the, ten and the,
0: 13. Uh, 10 and thir-
1: ten on one and thirteen uh, on the other. Another good one though is the new the new uh, Bob Beeman gadget from Concept Two with the with you know, for or adjusting, and it, it's uh, Ooh, shaped okay. like a, a plus sign, and you can you get great leverage. So
0: Love that might be my new favorite. I'm going to put that in the gadgets and gear special then. Anyway, thank you so much for for coming on, and um, we are going to be following the the movie and your career, and I'll put your illustrious part of the, as much as I can fit in the show notes. I'll put. <laughs> Linda, you are legendary and we really appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh, thanks for having me, Charlotte. My pleasure. Great. Great to see you finally. Okay.
0: Likewise. Yeah. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.